Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well met, fellow adventurers. I've just popped on down to the Goblin Claw Inn and I've had a suddenly. You're about to take a seat near the fire when your wandering comes to rest on a table pushed in the far corner of the con room. There alone, seated with his back to the wall, is an old man, clad in a strange way of colourful but tattered garments. The old man, whose eyes are locked on what appears to be a pair of dice lying in front of him, takes small sips from a half-emptied flagon of the inn's notoriously bitter ale. Suddenly, the old man raises his head and your eyes meet. He is taken aback, where he raises his hand and motions for you to join him. Overcome by curiosity, you begin to make your way across the crowded room towards the solitary patron. As you move towards the table, your eyes fixed on the old man whose gaze is clearly upon you, you're approached by the innkeeper Gritzmo. He seems to have guessed your intent and promptly warns you about getting involved with the old man. Mind yourself with him, he says. Nobody in here has anything to do with him. He comes and goes frequently enough. Sometimes I don't see him at wife or leave. He sits there all day when he's here, looking down at those dice. I don't know, know if you can see them from here, but they're always with him now. Now and then he calls for ale, though. Not one to turn out a customer, just mind yourself. Suddenly, Gritzmoor gives you a funny look. Haven't I told you this before? I can't recall. I've told it to almost everyone who comes in here, I suppose. With that, he nods. With that, he nods and moves off to tend to one of his many pressing duties. Bearing in mind Christmas warning, but still eager to satisfy your own curiosity, you make your way over to the old man. As you draw up to the table, he looks up and quickly covers a pair of bone dice with his, hand, with his left hand. Would you... Sit for a while? He asks, smiling faintly. Well, this is an old man in a tavern. And when you meet an old man in a tavern, that means you're going to start a quest. Or get into a really awkward conversation. But that's in this world. In fantasy world, you start a quest. So of course I'll sit at the table. You cautiously take the seat opposite the old man. He lifts up his left hand and glances down at a pair of bone dice. He quickly covers again. Men. No one believes anything I have to say, he says. 
his thin lips carefully forming every word. He only came here to ask for help, for they desperately need it, and long has it been so. So I sit here, waiting, but I believe my wait is now over. You can help them, my friend. You can help them! So I can take leave of the old man. Well, now I'm all curious. Ask what he's talking about, of course. The old man's eyes narrow, and he lifts his head off the set of bone dice. After glancing down at the small, white cubes, he quickly covers them. They've been trapped in battle for ages, he says, his ghoulish gaze rising to meet your eyes. They are frozen in time, waiting for help. Hope I'd never dreamed would prove so difficult to find. Had I known the nature of this task at the outset, I'd have been content to leave them to their hideous fates. It's time for such considerations has passed. You can help them. In fact, you must help them. The old man removes his hand from the bone dice, revealing them to be marked on their six sides with small, glittering black dots. A profound sense of glowing unease comes, comes over you as you stare down at the pair of bone dice. Yep, probably definitely cursed magical things, but maybe in a good way. I could take my leave or inquire further. The old man grins, revealing a line of jagged, blackened stumps. All the remains of his teeth were pulsed by the hideous sight. He would attempt to look away, only to discover, much to your growing horror, as you're no longer in control of your own movement. You have nothing to fear from me, he says, raising a left hand off the tabletop. In unison with the gesture, the bone dice clatter across the table coming to rest directly in front of you. Unable to control your own hand. You could have just asked. Ask first, okay? Ask first. Before doing, you know, mind controlly stuff. Okay? It's just polite. It's polite to ask first. Even if I say no, you're just going to ignore it and mind control me anyway. You know, you've got... Greater stakes and something like that, and you've got some sort of geese on you or something, which means you can't say no. You can't take no for an answer, and won't. You scoop up the bone dice and cast the mart cubes onto the table. The bone dice bounce and clatter across the uneven table surface, rolling up to the opposite edge before suddenly reversing course and tumbling back towards you. Hey, dice aren't supposed to do that. Yeah, well, they are magic. The bone dice clatters to the edge of the table, then spinning and retreats several inches across the warped surface, for at last coming to a rest and revealing the results of your roll. The total number of black dots on the top of the two dice is two. The old man, whose unsettling gaze is fixed on you, doesn't even glance at his at the dice. Horror and a sense of panic overcomes you when you suddenly realise you cannot move. The old man slowly lifts his left hand and the two dice clatter across the table to him as your surroundings begin to blur. What, is he a dicer-mancer? <laughs> yeah, well, amongst other things. Yeah. <laughs> The surroundings continue to blur, and you quickly become so utterly disorientated. Then, just when it seems your vision is coming back into focus, you're suddenly engulfed in total darkness. To only a few moments, the darkness lifts, revealing you are no longer seated at a table in the common room of the Goblin Claw Inn. Instead, you stand in the midst of a blackened, smouldering plain. That stretches to the horizon in all directions. All across the smouldering blackened plain, a gruesome battle wages. Countless undead, moving in way, moving as waves in endless, in an endless roiling sea, press up against the defiant but faltering wall of armored humans, who appear, who appear determined to slow the enemy's encroachment 
upon a distant, crumbling castle. The skeletal legions, the ghoulish sound of their incessant hissing, rising into the smoke-darkened air like the howl of a raging gale, winds their way around the mounds of carnage as they fiercely engage the vastly outnumbered and beleaguered humans. Suddenly, a sharp hit hits to your right reminds you you're standing in the thick of battle. Instinctively, you turn in the direction of the sound, where your eyes fall upon a grim scene. Less than two dozen yards from you, a towering skeletal figure, his imposing bone form draped in the tattered remains of a blue cape, is swiftly advancing upon a fallen human, a large yellow gem, glowing faintly, is fitted onto the iron clasp at the front of the skeleton's ragged cape. The fallen human, a young woman, whose bloodied face betrays the horrific brutality of the battle that consumes the plain, cries out in agony as she struggles to reach a sword several feet to her right. The clape skeleton, its long, fleshless fingers, wrapped tightly around the haft of a massive, double-bladed axe, raises the fearsome weapon in anticipation of dealing its helpless victim a death blow. Without a second thought, compelled as much by an inexplicable sense of duty as by your own natural instinct to protect, you rush forward and boldly place yourself between the advancing skeleton and its intended victim. Standing defiantly in the path of the stalking skeleton, you draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as you prepare to engage the towering, axe-wielding, undead menace. It's a caped skeletal champion. Begin combat. The caped skeletal champion hisses as he hacks you with his massive axe. As skeletons are wont to do... And is slain. 39 XP. The cape skeleton, hissing wildly, staggers backwards and collapses into a heap. Heap of shattered bone on the charred ground. The amber-hued gem fitted into the iron clasp on the cape flares brightly for a moment before suddenly going dark. You turn away from your fallen foe to look for the human warrior whose life you on time your timely intervention undoubtedly saved. Even as you start to pivot, however, your vision rapidly grows dim. A rallying battle cry, rising above the fading din of the savage conflict that surrounds you, is the last thing you hear before everything goes black. 128 experience to general. The darkness lifts, and you once again find yourself seated across the table from the leering old man. Those, fo- those, fo- those thronging the goblin claws, bustling calm room, but you're taking no notice of either your sudden disappearance or reappearance. Although this is the goblin claw, so maybe they were too busy fighting to notice. Or drinking, or both, probably both. For a moment you wonder indeed, if you ever left the inn. Well done, my brave friend, says the old man, once again exposing a gruesome interior of his rot-filled mouth. You will again have a chance tomorrow, for much remains to be done. I will be here, waiting for you. You're about to ask the old man something, but a shock to find he is no longer seated at the table. Your pulse racing, you turn and scour the mob that fills the inn's common room, but there was no sign of him to be had. Resting on the edge of the table, in a place he occupied only moments ago, is a single gold token. Gritsmill, having just finished arguing about the recent spate of inclement weather with a pair of travellers, strolls past your table and promptly scoops up the coin. At least he always pays, says the innkeeper. That's a fair bit more than could be said for some who seem bent on frequenting us with empty purses. Can't say I know what your game is with him. But if I were in your spot, I'd be sure to mind myself with special care around that strange old bird. With that, he quickly moves off in the direction of Glenora, 
whose sudden appearance and withering stare, focused on her husband, has obviously served to hasten his step. You'll be able to again encounter the old man by returning to the Goblin Claw tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, particularly in this neck of the woods. Alright, now I can rest and make my way back to the common room. Uh. You certainly spot a tall, chain-clad man seated alone at a table not far from the hearth. Takes you less than a moment to realise the long-haired, unshaven man whose bowel-sized chest and thick arms serve to hint at his immense physical strength is none other than Thwimbrack, an adventure whose list of accomplishments knows few peers, save one notable exception. Yeah, well, there's tallies, but, but he, he, he's retired right now, so he can't be him. Wakamora? I mean, he has got a list of accomplishments. Oh, and of course there's me. I don't think I'm quite up there yet. Not quite. Soon, but not quite. Throw it back. Considered by many to be the most famous and accomplished adventure of the current age, the mighty and self-righteous swimback boasts a long and illustrious list of deeds. What hasn't been substantiated, there's long been a rumour flowing around that Thrymbach was considered by Thrain Thainship by King Renwald upon the death of Thane Tuzak, was passed over in favour of the man known to all as Thane Poland. Of late, Thrymbach has become somewhat of a common feature, fixture at the Goblin Claw Inn. Hmm. Hmm, curious. <laughs> Well, let's go approach his table. Throw him back, looks up as you near his table and smiles. The you sense his seemingly friendly glin is a calculated gesture, rather than a genuine reaction to your approach. Well, I thought for a moment the dim light in this hole was playing tricks on me, he says laughing. Sir Crokington, is it? Very well met. I'll crush you join me for a bit of our host's tolerable brew. The vaulted adventurer kicks a chair across the mount from under the table and motions for you to take a seat. Uh, and I do. <laughs> I tried to kick a chair out, but I couldn't reach it. <laughs> Frymbach asks you about your recent adventures and tells you he's putting together a grand scheme he hopes to invite you to participate in. Just you wait, Sir Crokington, he says. Thoughtfully stroking his un unshaved chin. This one will prove to be the greatest adventure of them all. I just need some time to put the pieces of it together. Thrimbach eventually gets round to asking you if you managed to acquire any new and interesting items in your travels. Okay, you can look. Thrimbach rubs his hands together. And his eyes widen as he carefully looks over the items currently in your possession. Thrimbach pays particular attention to only a couple of your items. The warlord's helm and the pumpkin shell brooch. Hmm. Wait a minute, that's... That's the thing I got just a... Just a few days ago. Curious. I mean... I mean, if it, was, if it was really old items, you think, okay, he just has made a list. But, like this, I, I, I really don't know how this list is populated. Is it ones with greater than 13 stats? Oh, maybe... Mm, yeah, I think pretty sure there's a lot of things you'd be looking at then. Hmm, who knows? Who knows? Some interesting things to be sure, he says. I love nothing more than to take a look at what you've got from time to time. If something strikes me, I'd be quite likely to make you an offer for it. Um, I admit that I covet the wear and unusual. 
Alright, he's not offering anything for the, any of those two. Well, might as well. Well, turnabout's fair play. Let's look at his items. Thumbbag is happy. So let's you have a look at some of the items he's carrying. These are some of the adventurer's current possessions. The Blade of Balance. 40 melee waiting. It's got an unknown power. Five stamina points. Three spirits. Pretty large requirements. This, leg this legendary sword is currently owned and wielded with an extraordinary level of degree of skill by the renowned adventurer Thrimbrack. This weapon is of magical quality. Hmm, wait, it's got its own item number. Let's just check something. Yeah, I confirmed it is on the wiki. Alright, thrice enchanted chain shirt. God. I mean, my change, my shirt's probably only enchanted once, if that. A melee rating of 10, stamina points of 24. Three powerful enchantments were long ago bestowed upon this magnificent chain shirt. It is believed, believed the, believe the wear of this piece of armour is immune to the effects of a dragon's breath. And all magical fire. Well, that'd be that'd be nice. Although that'd be a real pig to program in, though, because you'd have to, you know, ha record which attacks are fire, which might not be probably isn't done, because I mean, there are hundreds of magical fire attacks in the game. Hundreds. Because pretty much every other mage throws some sort of fireballs at you. And some dragons breathe fire at you too. Wonder if that work on dragon beetles. Yeah. It's a record all of them and then add in add in a little bit of code saying if you are wielding this then no damage. And of course, you wouldn't just have to. You'll have to add it to all the to all the times where you can take damage. Because when there's damage, there's the it's usually the you fail the dodge, you you fluff the check, you just you fat pass the check, but it just skims you. Then it's putting you in battle. That'll be a, that would be very hard to program. A bit of a you know, a few very important plot battles you could set, you could have it happen in in fixed points in adventures where 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 there's a big dragon and he's breathing so much magical fire like raising like enough magical magical dragon fire to raise a village. But if you have this on You'll be fine. If you don't have it on, you die. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's the only time you could, it could be in. But I think it actually have that effect regularly. I think that would be way too much of a pig to program. The Watting King's Bone Braces. 10 melee rating, 16 standard points. And also, 4 aura, aura and 2 spirit. This pair of enchanted bone braces were taken off the decimated corpse of a wicked, undead lord known as the Rotting King. I'm afraid... I'm afraid that's all I have to show you at the moment, he said. The rest of it is locked up safe in my... Well, it's safe. Continue conversing. Frambach goes into a lengthy account of one of his more recent adventures. While you're certain he's embellished one or two small points, you have no reason to doubt this rather fantastical tale of heroism is true. Alright, bid him farewell and leave. And fare thee well, Sir Croquiton, he says. He says, kneeling down to meet you in a shoulder cross. And my, mind you, stay out of my favourite stomping grounds, of course. 
A jest, Sir Corkington, a jest. With that, you take your leave of Finback. Okay, that's now to do what I actually set out to do. The adventure lift the box. An odd request from an odd fellow in the common room of the Goblin Claw Inn leads to the possibility of an odd bit of adventure. Let's start this adventure. Here we go. The bent, white-haired man who ambled into the common room, the helper of a stout cane, little more than an hour ago, suddenly rises from a seat to the left of the fire and hobbles slowly over to you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. After politely inquiring if the seat opposite your own is occupied, he places his cane on the table and slumps down into the chair with a heavy sigh. For a few moments he says nothing as he eyes you curiously. You'd forgive the intrusion, miss, he says, staring across the table at you. But I've a keen sense for such things, and I know a sister in the trade. The way you and I both cast our gazes about the room is Quite telling. You immediately discern this man is some sort of thief, and he is somehow he is somehow detected, or at the very least suspected, your own attachment to the shadowy profession. Before he can say another word, you boldly ask him who he is and what it is he wants. My name is Wistor, he says, smiling as the words depart his lips. I'm not afraid to say it. Are you afraid to tell me yours? Well, of course not. Politely introduce myself. The old man smiles upon hearing your name and tells you he has a proposition he wishes to make. When you inquire about the nature of the proposition, he produces a black cloth pouch and lays it on the table. He loosens a string that clinches the top of the, pa- of the pouch and reveals a small quantity of adventurer tokens. Alright, you have most certainly got my interest. There's four of them in the pouch. The task for which I would hire you is quite simple, he says, carefully studying your face. The keeper of this place, Goodsmore, I believe his name to be, he is in possession of something that does not belong to him. It was delivered here by mistake. And we, uh, I mean to say, I would like it back. You ask the old man what the item in question is, and he smiles, turning to stare across the room at Gritsmore, who is toiling to lift a wobbly, wobbly table leg. After several moments, he turns back towards you. A wooden box, he says. The box is empty, mind you. It is most important to that I return it to its original owner. 
Why you sense there is little truth to the man's tale? And the box in que- question is very likely the property of the innkeeper. You are intrigued by his profound interest in attaining it. Particularly since he has indicated it is empty. Hmm. I'm thinking he's lying about that. You ask him why the box is important to his friend, and he shakes his head. I'll answer no such inquiries, he says. Lift the box and bring it to me. The pouch I've shown you is yours. Hmm. What does de- So, I can agree, refuse. To get more information, I can use divination or feathery. I'll use divination. It succeeded. You sense the man is not being entirely honest with you. You do determine Dermis Taylor by the box being delivered by Grutzmore by mistake. While you sense that the man is not being entirely honest with you, you do determine the tale that the box having been delivered by to Grutzmore by mistake is the truth. Alright. Well, I guess it's better to get it away from Grutzmore. Because if this is the sort of box that people will pay ATs for, then it's the sort of box you don't want to don't want to hang on to if you can't be completely sure of its security. Because if it's worth paying ATs for, it's worth killing for. By thief by fifi thief standards anyway. Agree to steal the box from Gritsmore. Whitstore nods and tells you he has learned that Gritsmore keeps the box in his family's private quarters on the second floor of the inn. He describes the box as having the carved likeness of a griffin on its lid. It shouldn't prove overly difficult for you, he says, once again turning to gaze in the direction of the busy innkeeper. It looks as if our friend is about to be tangled up, up all afternoon with that table. You tell Whitsworth that you return to him with the box, but he quickly tells you to seek him out in the village of Hawklaw when you have procured it. You ask him where in Hawklaw you find you'll find it. He pauses for a moment. The shop of that outfitter, he said. Eustin, I believe, is his name. Don't tarry. And do not open the box. Well, 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 now, I might not have opened the box previously, but now you've got my curiosity up to the roof, and I'm going to have to open it. I'm just going to have to make sure it doesn't look like I have. With that, the old man rises from the table, remarkably enough, without the help of his cane. He nods at, nods at you, picks up his cane, and hobbles out of the inn. Once, once he is gone... You turn your attention to the matter of the mysterious wooden box you've agreed to steal. Alright, so I can just, you know, ask. Or I can attempt to sneak up to the innkeeper's private quarters. Or decide against stealing the box. I'll just just ask first. Exercising appropriate caution, you approach Goodsmall. It was still toiling to fix the wobbly table leg, and engaging in conversation, the thin, balding innkeeper seems only too willing to take a break, break from his labour and launches into a wide, lively discussion with you about a range of topics. Gradually, you, begin, you, you carefully begin to steer the conversation direction that you hope will allow him to make mention of the wooden box. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Sometimes, when you're adventure, you get items, you have things, you don't know where they come from. Uh, It just happens sometimes. Yeah, I do not know where I got my adventurer's lantern from, for example. No idea. I just had it. It just happened. Yes. Yes. Yes, all that. I'm not exactly sure where I got my first equipment. Right. Oh, yeah. Did you get any other items than not knowing exactly where they came from? Something like that. Oh, no. Pick a number. Bonus of 45. 
15 from Diplomacy, 14 from Feathery, 10 from Mind, 6 from Luck. Got to get 75 or more. You know, or I'll start to look a bit, little bit suspicious. 76 success. <sighs> I almost looked, I almost looked pretty sus. 32, 32 experience to general. I'm deeply steered into the subject of recent acquisitions. Gritswold Squiddly tells you that he's come into possession of a strange but fascinating item. You quietly apply inquirer about, about the object in question. He tells you it's a wooden box that was left behind by a patron a couple of weeks back. You quickly realise the patron who left the wooden box must have been delivering it to Whitstore. Unfortunately for the old hobbled man, it seems the innkeeper happened upon it first. Strange thing it is too, says Grismore. Would you like to see it? Alright. So, three options. See the wooden box. Politely decline and attempt to search his private quarters. Or politely decline and decide against stealing the box. Well, <laughs> well after, after all that, after all that work, I have to see the box. Gritswell disappears upstairs and returns a few minutes later, bearing a sizeable rectangular object hidden beneath a blue cloth. He motions for you to follow him into the back room, where he reveals he reveals a wooden box, the the carved likeness of a griffin in flight adorned to live. This is, beyond all doubt, the box you agreed to pilfer for Wistor. Quite a find, isn't it? he asks, his eyes bouncing from you to the box in rapid succession. You're about to tell him you don't see anything particularly remarkable about the plain wooden box when the innkeeper suddenly flips up his hinged lid and tells you to place your hand inside. You peer into the box and are surprised, despite what Winston's already told you, that it is empty. Though literally do you... Through initially leery to do as Gritsmore suggested, you place your white hand into the shallow, empty interior of the box and are shocked when your hand comes into contact with something smooth and cold. You again peer into the box, only to discover that apart from your hand, it still appears to be empty. Something invisible is attached to the bottom of the inside of the box. What do you think it might be? Asked Gritsmore who has obviously discovered the invisible, apparently unmovable object at the bottom of the box. I know enough to know it's magic, but beyond that I haven't a clue. I think it might be worth something. You suddenly realise you might be able to legitimately relieve the innkeeper of the box, should you choose, if you should choose to do so. So I can offer to purchase the box from Goodsmill. Or I could decide not to purchase the box, which means I either give up, or I steal it. <laughs> of course, stealing would be quite easy, because Sir Crookerton is very small. And so can, you know, not that noisy. Except, except when he, you know, accidentally whippets. <laughs> which, you know, happens sometimes. You're just trying to keep trying to say, oh, whip it! Oh, oh no, again! Ribbits. But it's probably, actually, it's probably not a ribbit. Because I think my, my, well, well, toads and frogs make all sorts of sounds. So I think it's we, the, the sound that we think is the toad, the froggy toady sound, is just because those were the froggy toady things that were around where they filmed all the movies. This, uh, someone said, hey, we need a frog! We need a frog! And then some then some overworked guy says, where do we get a frog? Where do we get a frog? He goes, ah, there's a frog. And he sees a frog nearby. So he goes, yoink, yep, 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 yep. There's a frog? Hmm. Yeah. The original script said it was a different kind of, ah, we'll, we'll change that. We'll change it. We'll change it. Also, we're referring a black and white right now. So no, no. Decide... <laughs> Offer to purchase the box from Goodsmill. The innkeeper's brown furrows, and he gnaws at the bottom lip, a 
as he ponders your offer to purchase the wooden box and its strange, invisible, seemingly unmovable contents. Two thousand gold! He's just a bit less curious about it, he says, grinning. What have you to say to that, my friend? There's no way to hackle. Well, I guess I don't want to look even more suspicious. Wait a minute. Not haggling makes me suspicious. I don't don't know. I don't know how to do this. I've never acquired an illicit box in real life. Just regular boxes. With breakfast cereal in them. And pizza. And, uh... And a selection of candies. (laughs) Alright, I'll crease his price. That's that's an easy amount of gold to get. Gutsmo accepts your gold and hands you the wooden box. It's a strange wooden box. Something smooth, cold and invisible seems to be immovably affixed to the bottom of the interior of the small wooden box. This is the box you agreed to bring to greed to bring to Whitstore in Hawklaw. There. And you find out what it what's in there. Would you come and tell me about it, he says. Well, today's certainly a very good day. The box now in possession. You bid farewell to Grootsmoor and make your way out of the inn. Just down, just inside the edge of the woods, not far from the inn, you sit down on the trunk of a fallen tree, make a close examination of the wooden box. You flip up the carved lid of the box and reach into its shadow interior. I'm not supposed to do that. I was I was told not to look in the box, but there I am. I'm looking in the box. I'm looking in the box. <laughs> I'm breaking a verbal contract, <laughs> which I didn't even shake on. Oh, so devious. I'm so naughty. Naughty, naughty, naughty. <laughs> As happened when Grootsmoor showed you the box, your cat hand comes into contact with the invisible, smooth and cold object affixed to the bottom of the inside of the box. After several moments, you suddenly realise the unseen object mounted to the bottom of the box. It's mounted to the bottom of the box what seem to be two bent nails, which are also invisible. You bend back the thin strips of iron. Ooh, a bit, a bit. Yeah, it's easier, because I can just get in the box for proper leverage. And I'm shocked when a silver bracelet suddenly appears in the bottom of the box. The two nails that held the curious item in place are now also visible. You reach in and retrieve the bracelet. It's an unidentified silver bracelet. This thin, smooth silver bracelet... It's the one you discovered in the bottom of the wooden box you were hired to steal from Grismo. It was invisible in the bottom of the box, but it became visible the moment you removed it. Well, I guess that's for the best, because if you had a you had a if you had a bracelet that was permanently invisible, you'd always be losing it. Yes, and you wouldn't be able to show it off. After studying the bracelets for several moments, you are certain there is more to it than meets the eye. With the, with the box and its mysterious contents now in your possession, prepare to set off for Hawklaw, and your presumed meeting with the bent, white-haired man you know, know as Wistor. Alright, let's travel to Hawklaw. And then... Let's have a closer look at this here, I... This here item, is it something I want, or is it something I'll just deliver? After all, he can't exactly say that there's something not in the box, because he said it was empty! (laughs) And Akani was now level 60. Which will help with something. Something that will come up eventually. Using your skill of Arcania, you look through the items you are carrying to identify any that are currently unidentified. Your unidentified black bladed axe has been identified as a skull cleaver. 
Your unidentified silver bracelet has been identified as an assassin's bracelet. 32 experience to Arcania. Yeah, and it all adds up. Now, what are these? Let's have a look at this skull cleaver. Nine melee waiting versus... And an extra two versus undead. It's a hacking weapon, so not going to be using it. The fearsome head of this double-bladed war axe is jet black. Engravings of skulls adorn the weapon's iron haft. This weapon is of magical quality. And then the assassin's bracelet. It's got a three melee rating of three. And two stamina points. Also, one agility, one might, and one luck. Hmm. Hmm, well, that is something. That is something indeed. Those are all stats I want to raise. Hmm. Let's see. Nah, nah, I don't think I'll be... I don't think I'll keep it, because there'll be something coming up very soon. Well, okay, not very soon. There's a whole saga to get through first that will be better in it in nearly every way. This thin, smooth silver bracelet is the one you discovered. The bottom of the wooden box you were hired to steal from Goodsmall. It was invisible in the bottom of the box, but became visible the moment you removed it. So. Now, question is, do you return it or don't you? If you return it, you get paid. If you don't, you get to keep the thing. But I'll be returning it right now. So, let's go visit Isen the Outfitter. As you approach Isen's shop, you spot Wistor lurking in the shadows at the side of the building. He's looking in the opposite direction and has not yet spotted you. Approach Wistor. Wistor... Wistor's smile appears appears startled by your sudden appearance, but a rather sinister smile quickly replaces the look of surprise on his wrinkled face. The white-haired, bent man leans heavily on his stout cane and asks if you've come bearing the wooden box. So, I have my options. Tell him you were not able to recover the box, which is a lie. Present him with a box, or present him with a bracelet and the box. Now, I'm going to return all the things. Because, well, I was asked to. Present him with the bracelet and the box. And they're gone. Wistor accepts the box, into which you secretly place the bracelet. And And surprisingly, he does not open it. But he is a thief. He'll have ways of knowing. He places the item in a cloth bag tied to his boat and bows. The man whose box this is will be most appreciative of his return, he says, and I appreciate your honesty. Now I suppose I owe you what was pro- promised. Oh dear. Oh, is this, this going to be murder time? Might be murder time. No, that, that wouldn't be nice. Four rugged men certainly step around the corner of Irsim's shop. Each man wears a short sword and is clad in soft leather armour. Oh, oh dear, oh dear, I, I've, I've got into something. I've got too deep, I've got too deep. I didn't even get that deep, but it's too deep. Because I'm small, so I can't get very deep. <laughs> Wishstorm motions with his hand in your direction, and one of the men steps towards you. You're about to assume a defensive stance. When the man reaches beneath his leather vest and produces a black cloth pouch which you believe to be the very pouch that Wistor showed you in the Goblin Claw Inn. The man hands you the pouch and retreats to stand with the two others behind their apparent white-haired leader. You're surprised to discover the pouch contains 16 adventurer tokens. Whew, that is a lot of adventurer tokens for such a short quest. I mean... If you didn't have to listen to me talking, you could probably do it in about five minutes. <laughs> and it's a very early quest, too. 
Ristor thanks you again and tells you he's pleased to have met you. Perhaps we'll be again someday, he says, as he turns and departs with the four men trailing along behind him. You watch as the five men wake their way along Corklaw's main thoroughfare until they are no longer in sight, before stepping away from Isin's shop and preparing to set off on your way. 128 experience to general, but that doesn't really mean much compared to the glittering green of adventure tokens. Okay. Well, well, we're we're nearly at about three quarters of an hour. This seems like a good enough place to stop. So what shall we do next? The Dark of Widowwood? Yep, yep, that's one. Yeah, we'll do that one. Because I happen to know, because I've played this game a lot, and I mean a lot, probably, perhaps even too much, if that's such a thing, that that unlocks other very rewarding quests. And anyway, until then, farewell fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.